there in podcast land. You're set your dial once again to Combat Sports Rhino, as we affectionately call it, CSWR. Today's episode 36. I am not going to bury the lead this time. Janae Hollow Point Harding is my guest. Going 10 rounds with Rhino. If you're not familiar with Janae, Bellator, 145er, featherweight striker supreme, Australian, super duper badass, super duper awesome. Uh, 10 rounds of Rhino today, so stay tuned for that. So, we've got our schedule here to give you up. We got Dana White's Contender Series we're going to go over. We've got, of course, UFC 252 from last night, our full breakdown. Dre's Drop of the Night, our picks for next Saturday's fight night, Edgar versus Munoz, Rhino Gang Q&A, and then we're going to dive into the Janae Hollowpoint Harding interview. So, as I love to call it, we got our amuse-bouche, which is the pre-appetizer. We've got Dana White Contender Series. Now, um, I, when I wrote it down as I was watching it, I wrote down like a full fight breakdown like I do for any normal card. I, I think that's a little bit much, a little bit redundant for uh, for the show. So what I'm going to do moving forward on the DWCS is I'm going to give the winners and a couple of fights or a couple of fighters to watch. Uh, so all five fighters who won on Tuesday got contracts with Dana. Dana said he was in a great mood. He had just gotten back from vacation. So uh, uh, Impa Kasagane got a contract. TJ Laramie got a contract. Corey McKenna got a contract. Adrian Yanez and Dustin Stoltzis all got contracts. But my two fighters to watch would be definitely Adrian Yanez, who got a very quick uh, KO. Um, over a very experienced fighter, and I liked I liked what I saw from him. And that also, I really liked uh, Impa Kasangane. That dude is raw. He is green, as they say, because he's pretty inexperienced. But, man, tough, tough dude, built like a goddamn machine, uh, had great takedowns, had great top control. I really was impressed with him. He looked good on the feet, so I think he's going to be a stud moving forward. I think the same thing about Adrian Nunez. Uh, big shout out to both of those guys. So, whew, we are already kind of still reeling from UFC 252 last night, but man, what a roller coaster as it usually tends to be on the big pay per views. But uh, so, leading off was literally my favorite fight of the night uh, from the featherweight division Kai Kamaka versus Tony Kelly. I mean, you want to talk about exchanges, you want to talk about guys landing everything but the kitchen sink. Punches, kicks, knees, staying in the pocket, plugging each other up, takedowns. This fight had it all. Uh, Kai really won the first two rounds very clearly to me. Tony did a great job in the third, kind of stemming the tide and getting his stuff in. But, dude, what a great fight. Kai Kamaka from Hawaii gets the unanimous decision, which was the right call. I thought it was two to one. But, man, for both of these guys having their debut, for both of them being kind of short notice, uh, it was really incredible, the performance they put on. They both really wanted it. I hope they both get, uh, sincerely, I hope they both get contracts for multiple fights moving forward because, man, that was fun. All righty, moving into the 265-pound division or heavyweights, as I as I love. You know, I'm, I'm a big stand of the heavyweights as a heavyweight myself. Uh, we had Chris Dalkhouse versus Parker Porter. Uh, this was pretty even in the first half of the first round. Uh, then Duke, Dukehouse dropped Porter uh, with a left. Uh, dude, in the, in the night, in the second round, it was a really nice combo, including a big knee for uh, Chris getting the stoppage at the end of the first over Porter. You know, what do you say? I, I love a heavyweight fight, but I also love it when they end early so people don't talk shit the next day about how slow and fucking lame heavyweight fights are. So that went off without a hitch. Uh, this was the first, the next one was the first controversial one for me, anyway. We had uh, Ashley Yoder 
versus Lavina Souza in the 115 pound division. I thought Souza clearly won the first round. She was throwing harder. She was more accurate. She really looked like she was trying to end the fight with every shot. In the second and the third, Yoder had like the little pity pat shots, but she had a lot of them. Uh, she has DC clinch work. She had a couple nice knees, some nice teeths, push kicks. Um, and again, it was a lot of circling and not a lot of big stuff landed. I thought Souza, again, was throwing harder, but Yoder was landing more. She actually outlanded her 86 to 52 in strikes, actually over Sue Souza, but they gave the fight to Souza, which I really didn't agree with. I thought it was two to one uh, Yoder, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, moving on to our next one, also in the featherweight division, we had TJ Brown versus Danny Chavez. Uh, huge striking for Chavez, huge leg kicks. I did not see this one going this way. Chavez had some beautiful, uh, very accurate shots to Brown's leg, which compromised it pretty early. Joe Rogan was really going on about the swelling on the uh, left calf of Brown. Brown showed a lot of heart, stayed in it, kept fighting to the end. But, man, Danny Chavez, what a fucking performance last night. Clear UD for him. Moving into the 115-pound division again, we had Felice Herrig, also known as Little Bulldog, longtime vet, versus Verena, oh, man, John DeRoba. We'll go with that. I don't know. Juice will critique me later. But <laughs> I think John Dredoba is the right way to say it. So uh, Verna fucking just went through her like a hot knife through butter. Felice Herrig is a longtime vet. She's fought a lot of really good fighters. She's been shit on it, literally in the ring, in the cage, which, you know, I think is can only make you tougher, I would assume. I don't know. Uh, but again, she's a good fighter. And Verna, you know, former Invicta champ, just Blitzkrieg, put her down right away. Fought off, you know, her trying to escape, Felice, that is. And Virna slapped on the first round armbar, got the sub. Uh, we have a question about Virna in the Rhino Gang Q&A a little bit later, so stay tuned for that. Though, okay. This one was the old heart herder for the old Rhino. Love Jim Miller, longtime fan. Dude, I mean, 36 walks to the octagon. My goodness. That's an incredible career, incredible guy, incredible fighter. Uh, New Jersey tough. Fighting another good guy from Hell Pichel, Vince Pichel. Um, pretty hard strikes, late takedown for Jim in the first one. Eh, first round I gave it to Jim Miller. From that point on, it was pretty much all from Hell Pichel. He had very strong, very heavy top control, landed some nice elbows, shirked off any time that Jim was going for a fucking sub. From Hell Pichel really showed me a lot, getting a nice win by unanimous decision over Jim Miller. Uh, I was very impressed. All right, moving our way to the main card. John Dodson and Mirab Dashvili. Um, so I picked Mirab to win. I thought it was going to. This fight did not go the way I was expecting it to. I expected it to be really exciting and explosive and lots of action. Really didn't work out that way. <laughs> it was a pretty lackluster, pretty boring. Uh, Mirab won all three rounds, clearly. Won a 30-27 to 27 unanimous decision. I don't really want to get too much into it. There wasn't a ton of note in that fight, so not... Not the most exciting fight in the world, which is un uncharacteristic, especially for Dodson, because he usually brings the uh, he usually bring with using his speed. He usually brings a lot of entertainment in uh, in the fight, but not not so much last night. So, uh, moving into a big surprise for for me, dude, for sure, Daniel Pineda, boy, he whipped Gilbert Burns, and I was very very surprised at what happened uh, considering Gilbert Burns' last fight, uh, how he looked. But but man, Daniel Pineda, lots of Top control and ground and pound in round one. 
Uh, at the beginning of the second round, Gilbert Burns had some top control and had a little bit of control for a while, but Pineda got up, got out, uh, put, you know, he really much reversed it, put Burns in a crucifix position, really nailed some nice elbows and, and punches. Second round, about 30 seconds left to go in the second round. Uh, referee stopped the fight. Second round TKO for Daniel Pineda. Really good win for him, man. I, I was really impressed. I did not see it going that way. And, you know, my picks were kind of shitty last night anyway. So this is another one of those. So uh, good on Daniel Pineda. I don't know what's next for Burns, man. We got to figure, he got to figure something else out because he really, he really took a beating last night. All righty, moving into my, my heavyweight division. Again, I picked this one way wrong. Uh, Junior Dos Santos versus Jarazino Rosenstruik. JDS landed through through more and landed more in the first round. I liked the body work. Uh, Jarazino hit him harder, you know what I mean? But I thought JDS was clearly outlanding and clearly won the first round. Uh, in the second, JDS was more aggressive, landing more, and then bang, Rosenstruck through that beautiful left uppercut, followed by a right, put fucking Sigano down. Uh, Sigano bravely tried to climb to his feet, but he was eating shot after shot from Jarazino and they fucking stopped it. Second round TKO for uh, for Jarazino. Really good win for him coming off his loss. Well, being sent into orbit, really, from Francis Ngannou. Uh, so that was a good one for Rosenstrike's confidence. JDS, I don't think has ever looked better physically, man. He looked phenomenal. His, his strength and conditioning must have been off the charts leading into this one. But unfortunately, he's taken a lot of damage over the years. He's had a lot of barn burners. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I hope he fights again and has a, maybe a uh, a win or two before he calls it a career. Because I really like JDS. I always have. But Rosenstrike, man, he puts himself right back right back in the mix in the heavyweight division, which is not the deepest division in the fucking UFC. We all know that. So great win for him. Uh, moving into our co-main event, this one was rough. I think for everybody. Nobody likes to see a fight end like this. A uh, lot, of, lot of hype, right? A lot of pub, a lot of fucking feelings going into the co-main event between Sugar Sean O'Malley and Marlon Chito Vera. Um, really early in the fight, dude, Sean's leg got compromised, whether that was from a low kick, whether it was a previous injury that he was masking, whether it was a misstep on the octagon on the floor. Who, who knows? I'm not sure. I've, I've seen a million conspiracy theories every which way but loose on this one. But the, the fact of the matter is, he compromised his leg very early, tried to hide it. There was no hiding it. Chito took advantage, knocked him down, landed a couple elbows, very quick stoppage. But, and we'll talk about this more in the Rhino Gang Q&A as well. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good stoppage looking at it again. In real time, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, right? But, you know, in hindsight, it, it definitely was. And, uh, again, Sugar Sean has taken another major injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I hope he eventually comes back and maybe moves up. Maybe putting a little bit of weight on him will help with some of these injury-prone legs. I really don't know. Uh, Chito Vera, wow. You know, dude, you you really went out there and performed for the little bit of time that we were able to watch you. So I hope you get to ascend the level uh, for your next fight, and we'll see where you go from there. And I, I definitely like Chito Vera, too. Um, all right, and now the, <laughs> now the fight that nobody wanted. <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody because some people hate on both, but – the, nobody at the combat sports with Rhino crew. None of us wanted this fight because we're we're all fans of Stipe. We're all fans of DC, but it had to be done. Um, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and give Drea a call because when there's a big main event like this, 
we want Drea's input for sure and see how she broke it down uh, as opposed to the way I did. So, D-Ray, let's go ahead and give Drea a call. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing Drea, my feature player, Drea, famous for her drop of the night and her amazing picks normally. Last night was kind of a uh, bummer night for both of us on our picks, to be honest, but we're bringing in the feature player, Drea, a little bit early this week because we had such a huge fight last night and neither of us really felt great about the matchup because we're both big fans of both guys. So. Uh, for the breakdown on this one, we're bringing in Drea a little bit early. So, Drea, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing just right. You know, last night was a fun night. It was an up and down night. Um, for those of you who don't know, Drea, Drea and the whole region of uh, California she was in, they fucking lost power for a while. So I was worried that she wasn't going to be able to watch the fights. But thankfully, it came back on. She was able to watch the main event. So Steve Bay versus D.C., Wow. Okay. So here's how I kind of had it. And then mm-hmm. I want to, I want to bounce out how you had it. So in, in the first round, I definitely gave it to Steve, Steve, he landed the harder shots. He had the better body work. Definitely gave it to Steve in the first, the second fucking Daniel rocked Steve bad. Uh, he had that beautiful where, you know, he was doing it all fight. He was dipping that left shoulder and like kind of throwing that overhand right off of that. He landed that several times. I definitely gave the second round to DC uh, Stipe, clearly better punching in the third. I gave that Stipe. DC, the fourth, uh, for sure. And then a clear fifth for, for Stipe. So I had Stipe winning three rounds of two, but I did have a 2-2 going into the fifth. What about you? How'd you see it? I thought the exact same way. I even, I did post on Twitter going into the fifth round. I had it 2-2 uh, going into the fifth. Basically saw it the exact um, same way that you did um, just going into that fifth. I know that that eye poke that, that he got, it definitely hindered his, his performance. Um, I don't want to use that as an excuse. Um, I feel like he, he fought through it the best he could, but um, I did have it going to two into the fifth, but Stipe just, he pulled it off. In the yeah. And you know, you, you brought up the eye pokes and I saw it already in the morning. Gosh, man, I love MMA Twitter. But sometimes it's like, dude, do we have to harp on every possible small thing ever yeah. all the time? It's like, yeah. yes, they both poked you in the yard. Yes, Daniel took, uh, he, he had like a detached retina, like a really serious. Yeah. His was definitely eye worse, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, the unfortunate thing is that's an that's a unfortunate byproduct of the way things are with the gloves now and with the rules being enforced. We've talked about it last week. We talked about it a few weeks before. There's got to be some sort of design change or there's got to be some sort of hard stance taken on these fucking eye pokes <laughs> and these groin shots. I mean, it really, really does. But as far as it's not going to change anything from last night, right? So let's not harp no, on it because it's, it, it almost takes away from both of their performance. DC and fucking Stipe put on a great performance respectively both of them you know what i mean they both really stuck in there they tried their asses out i know they trained the fuck out of themselves because they both were down weight they both looked better again let's not make the narrative be the eye poke let's make it be two fucking great fighters two of the probably the top five best yeah that's the narrative dude dc yeah it totally is yeah it is and fucking shield bro yeah and people you know that are all about the eye poke and blah, 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 blah. He could have not gone into the fifth. He could have told his corner, you know, call a doc in, you know, look at my eye. And then in the, the interview after the fight, he said, like, I can't see out of my eye. You know, it's, it's black. Had he said that in his corner and they brought in a doctor, it would have been stopped. He didn't do that. He could have. Right. Um, right. But, but he didn't. He, wa- he wanted to fight it out. He didn't want the fight to end that way. He wanted to 
you know, fight it out the best he could and hopefully get the win. It, it just didn't happen. It didn't go his way. And the eye injury, Dre, the eye injury happened in the second round. He yeah. won the fourth round, dude. Like, by all yeah. counts. Like, I mean, he, he, he could have called the doc in way earlier, but, you know, it didn't. he didn't. And unfortunately, it didn't go his way. Right. So, again, it, it's nothing. I'm not taking anything away from Stipe. I'm not taking anything away from DC. Uh, you know, that's that's my take on it as well. We do have the with the winningest heavyweight champion, the most defenses of all time. And you know what? DC, no shame to him. What a great career. What a phenomenal human being, first and foremost. What a great fighter. What a great guy. I'm a DC fan forever. And that's the way I mean, we'll just have to move forward without him. You know what I mean? He's left a great mark on his career. I doubt he's gonna fight again. Um, he's probably looking looking at a really long layoff with the with the eye surgery. He's probably gonna have to get eye surgery. And, right. you know, that's probably it for him. But, God, he left us with a lot of great fights to watch. And uh, I'm sure we'll see him on commentary moving forward. Right. I was going to say, he's not gone forever. We'll still see him. <laughs> He'll still be around, just unfortunately not in the cage. Exactly. So that takes care of our 252 recap, the pay-per-view that was. Um, so, yeah, that's it on that. So, Drea, we had some drops. We had some good drops last night. So what did you land on for your Drea's drop of the night? Okay, Rhino, I told you not to count my boy Josino out last week, so uh, <laughs> my, uh, obviously I picked that fight right, you got it wrong. Thanks <laughs> um, for pointing I, that out, Drea. I, of course. <laughs> my drop of the night is coming from Rosenstrike versus Dos Santos. Um, with a minute and a half left to go in the second round, Rosino popped him with this one-two uh, he fell backwards into the cage and he dropped down, but wasn't completely out. So Rosenstrike, you know, he stayed above him, landing some shots. Uh, JDS was trying to get up and then uh, Jarzino caught him with another left, which dropped him back down to the ground. Um, continued with a little bit of ground and pound and then the ref, the ref called it off. So beautiful, beautiful drop. Uh, my drop of the night goes to Jarzino Rosenstrike. And what a great job of the night it was against a very tough uh, veteran like JDS4. Sure. So mm -hmm. as far as it goes right now, the fight night for this coming Saturday, um, Pedro Munoz versus Frank Edgar. Right now, the UFC website only has a four-fight main card listed right now. That's probably going to change. Right? I, yeah, I think you it's going to change. They're, they're either going to bring another, announce a new fight or bring another fight in or maybe uh, move up one of the prelims to it. But as of right now, there's only the four fights. So... We're only doing the main card for our predictions as of right now for the show. So for UFC Fight Night Vegas 7, uh, which obviously is main eventing by Frankie Edgar and Pedro Munoz, which actually got moved. They were supposed to fight earlier uh, earlier this year. but So the first fight is Daniel Rodriguez versus Takashi Sato. So Rhino's pick on that one is going to be Rodriguez over Sato by second round clean KO. What say you, my future player, Drea? I went back and forth on this one, as you yes, know. You flip <laughs> I flip flopped and I flopped back to my original gut feeling. <laughs> I flopped back. I flopped back. My original was Rodriguez. Then I started thinking, oh, I don't know. I think Fato might do it, but I'm I'm sticking with my gut with uh, Daniel Rodriguez, and I'm taking the clean KO in the third. Oh, okay. So you got a different KO round. We both have KO for him. All righty. Mike Rodriguez, so the second Rodriguez of uh, next weekend's card versus Marcin. Oh, boy. Panchino? 
Okay. I don't know. I just wrote Marcin because yeah, okay. <laughs> right. I um, wasn't going to pronounce it correct either. I know. We're, we're terrible <clears> with that. But, uh, so, yeah, we got Mikey Rodriguez going against Marcin. Um, I've got a third-round TKO for Rodriguez. So it's a back-to-back wins for Rodriguez's on this <laughs> coming card. What about you? Um, I picked the clean KO for this one, and I'm going Mike Rodriguez um, as well with a KO over Marcin in the third. Okay, so both got third rounds, just different ways of stoppage. Now, OSP versus Alonzo Menafield. This is a very interesting matchup, dude. Uh, Alonzo Menafield, mm-hmm. you know, much greener in his uh, in his career, but got former college football player. The dude, um, for the first few fights that I saw him fight, he was a whirling dervish. He came out, he was a tornado, dude. He would just storm you, and he'd put you out early and amazing. But his last fight, he had a much more... Uh, conservative approach was much more of a grinding style. Uh, OSP, the longtime vet, has fought, you know, pretty much a who's who at 205, dude. You know, he's fought John Jones for Pete's sake, Anthony Smith, all sorts of guys. Uh, OSP is more experienced, and I think that's what's going to uh, see him through. So I've got OSP by the very famous OSP choke third round. I think Alonzo is going to get tired. I think OSP's cardio is going to be better. I got OSP choke third round. OSP over Alonzo Menafield. What about you? Okay, so I think this is going to go the full distance. Um, I think they're both badasses and can take shots. So I don't see either one of them knocking each other out or anything. And I'm going OSP uh, by a split decision. I think it's going to be a close fight. It's going to go the distance. And I'm taking OSP be a split decision. A split decision, cut fire mm-hmm. to the frog stare with a fucking axe. I got you. All righty. So I think we di- I think we disagree on this one because we picked uh, months back when they were supposed to fight originally. But mm-hmm. I've got Frankie Edgar over Pedro Munoz by unanimous decision is how I see the main event going. Do you have Munoz? I have Munoz. Okay. And how are I have you, Munoz are you that I, uh, by a submission finish. I think he's going to submit him in the third. He's going to sub the answer? You think yeah. the answer is going down being we'll sub? We'll oh, see. Oh, goodness. That is a bold prediction, my friend. We'll by a, see. By a bold he has, a, he has a lot of sub finishes, so <laughs> uh, we'll see. I was looking at the, the odds, and I, I went back and forth because I, I think originally when we had talked about it, when they were supposed to fight before, I was going Edgar, but um, I switched it up. The odds are in favor of Munoz on this fight, so. <coughs> wow. All right. I'll stick it with we'll the So, yes. Okay. That's what makes it fun. So mm-hmm. let's move our way into our Rhino Gang Twitter questions. I know our first one and two come from the homie Jessica at Renee Jess. And what is her first question today, Drea? Does the majority feel that Cheeto win was undeserving? And will Sugar behave as Macy Barber and discredit Cheeto's win? I felt that it was con- I felt that it was like Condit versus Woodley, and the win is a win, but what do you think? I definitely can't speak for the majority of people who watched it, but my hope is that people will understand that an injury is part of a legitimate win, whether it was caused by the your opponent or just happened, you know, by chance in the cage. So yes, that's definitely a legitimate win for Chichio Vera. Am I bummed that we didn't get to see them actually do like a full scrap? Of course I am. Do I feel bad that O'Malley is hurt and going to be laid up for a long time? Absolutely. Um, but no, that is a absolute legit win for Chicho Vera. He shouldn't have to explain it. He shouldn't have to fucking backtrack. He shouldn't have to say, 
oh, yeah, I guess we could run it back. You know what? That's not on him. He did his job. He maintained and Sugar Sean got hurt. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know how everybody else is going to see it. But for me, I think it's a legitimate win. And Cheeto doesn't have anything else to prove as far as against Sean O'Malley. Would I watch them run it back? Of course I will. But I think Sugar Sean's going to be out for a long time. Um, so, yeah, that's how I feel about that one. And uh, what is her second question, Drea? I'm a huge fan fan of Verna and her win over Elise was amazing. And those who have seen her in Invicta know what she's about. Who would be the next opponent for her? Yeah, my friend, I completely agree with that. that was a very impressive run through for her, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very experienced vet like like Harry, who was number 15 at, at 115 pounds at the time, I thought was going to give her a much closer fight. Uh, I like Tisha Torres next. Tisha Torres is coming off of her win over Van Buren. I think it was it was late June, maybe June twentieth. Um, uh, beating Van Buren in June, and she looked good. And I think that she'll be able to uh, at least show. I don't know. I, I think Verna. You know, she took Felice down right away. I think that Tisha will be too smart and too crafty to just go in and get taken down right away. I think that. Um, I think that Verna is going to have to have you know some time on her feet, have to have some striking exchanges, and I think Tisha Torres is experienced enough and tough enough and uh, as good of a striker as she is. I think she could give Verna some problems. Plus, she's number eleven. Verna just beat the number fifteen. It's a natural progression, right? They both just won recently within a short amount of time from each other. I like that fight. I say Tisha Tiny Torres. Uh, Tiny Tornado Torres versus Vera. I think that's going to be the one that makes the most sense. It would be a good fight for for both for both fighters. So that's how I see that one. Jessica, thank you so much for asking those questions, my friend. And once again, just like last week, I want to remind you, we are all stoked that you are feeling better and keep it trucking, my friend. So let's move into my man, Mr. B. What did Mr. B have for us this week, Drea? Mr. B says... Last night's fight between Stipe and DC showed the return of Stipe's dropped left hand off the clinch, as well as the ability to land heavy rights on him. Do you think Stipe will fix these issues in time for his next fight, or will it linger on? Yeah, dude, considering his probable next fight is either going to be a rematch with Francis or a super fight with John Jones, I surely hope he uh, shores up. I, I definitely don't want to see him get his head knocked off by by Francis, and I definitely don't want to see an uh, early stoppage against John Jones. I want to see them fight and actually, you know, perform their talent in front of us. So yeah, I, I do think he will. Um, I do think he will work on that. I do think that'll be something that'll get brought up uh, in camp, and I definitely hope he works on that too. Because, it, like I said, it's either going to be probably Francis or John next, and you really need to have your defense in fucking tip top shape. If you're going to go against either one of those guys. So yes, Mr. B, thank you very much. And shout out to you, my, my very good friend. Um, I know we're going to move into our fourth question comes from the homie Rage Sweet Potato from up in Canada. Rage Sweet Potato. What did you have this week? After watching the emotional roller coaster that was DC versus Stipe three, I have to say it is now tied for my favorite trilogy along with Fisher versus Stout. I found myself rooting for DC in the first fight, Stipe in the second, and in the third. What are your three favorite trilogy fights, and were you always rooting for the same fighter each time they fought? 
Oh, this was a great question, Rich Sweet Potato. So I had to, I had to, I had to dive into two sports, man. You know, this isn't just an MMA show; it's a combat sports show. And the old Rhino was a pro boxer, not a pro MMA fighter. So first and foremost, it was Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. Um, what a trilogy those two put on! It was nonstop action. You know, both guys won different rounds. Uh, amazing. And no, I. I wrote, I definitely was rooting for Frankie uh, in a couple of them, but I was also kind of rooting for Gray as well. Like I, I, I liked both of them, and uh, no, what a great trilogy! Great three fights for those guys. Uh, moving into boxing for my next one, I got Mickey Ward versus Arturo Gotti. You want to talk about blood and guts? You want to talk about heart showing? You want to talk about fucking stamina and and just everything that's right about when they're actually in there in the sport of boxing? Mickey Ward versus Arturo Gotti had it. Um, Fans of MMA, if you love stand up and if you're not a big boxing fan or you're not familiar with boxing or too much, just just look up any of them. Not even just one in particular, but any of the fights between Ward and Gotti, and they were fucking insane. I, I loved them, and that's definitely my pick for my second favorite trilogy. Third would be Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture. Now, again, it's one of those situations where I like both guys, but my MMA love begins and ends as far as my favorite fighter of all time with Chuck Liddell, okay? Um, I've, been watch, I've been watching MMA since 93 since I picked up the fucking UFC 1 at Blockbuster. So I've been watching the UFC and MMA since then. But the first guy that I really became a stand for, the first guy that it, like, it was the embodiment of everything that I loved about the sport was Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell is the man and Rhino's favorite fighter of all time. In the last few years since Chuck retired, he's, you know, Cowboy Cerrone has been my favorite fighter. But if you're talking all time, it's Chuck for sure. I love the trilogy with Randy because I like Randy too. And they put on some good fights, you know, and uh, Randy Couture beat Chuck in the first one. Chuck knocked him out in the next two. It was, it was fucking great. And it was really good for building the sport and putting more eyes on it. Plus, they were the two coaches of Tough One. So you got to see them from a different perspective, which kind of added a different layer of, uh, you know, uh, of getting to know them better. So, yeah, definitely uh, in order. Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard in MMA, Mickey Ward, Arturo Gotti in boxing, and then Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture uh, in MMA as well. So, Rage of Sweet Potato, thank you very much. I got to go down memory lane a little bit, thinking about the uh, Gotti Ward trilogy, which I hadn't thought of in a very long time. So, I appreciate you on that. Dre, did you have any um, final thoughts for the people before we send you on to enjoy the rest of your Sunday? Wish me the best because it's about to be 107 in Stockton today. So hopefully I can get through it. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Yes. Stay in the air. And there's a storm. Girl. Like there's a storm that's moving over. <laughs> so it's cloudy and overcast and 107. And the humidity is freaking terrible today. And if so. it's going to storm there, you can't even go over. You can't even go, in, your can't even go in the pool. I know. Oh, I'm hoping. I was looking at the forecast and it doesn't look like we're going to get rain. It just looks like it's moving over. So it's just going to be overcast. So I'm sure I'll I'll manage to pop in the pool and think we're going to barbe- <laughs> yeah, no barbecue some and hopefully we don't lose power again because this is the second time in the last few days that we've lost. Uh, they're shutting it off like purposely because of the over usage of 
um, air conditioning, I guess. Like they're, they're killing power in certain areas of the city, like one at a time. So it just goes from like one area to the next. And I couldn't believe that they shut it off in the middle of the fight. <laughs> like, I know, right? All the time to do I'm it. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm trying to get it on my phone. And then even the service on my phone, I had like no internet. The Wi-Fi shut off. Like I was freaking out so then i grab my other phone like my work cell which is a different service a different carrier i'm trying to watch it on that one it was complete disaster the service on that one was a little better a little better than than at&t but either way it came back on for i think i got to watch came came back on during burns i caught the end of burns um and i was able to watch you know the last few fights so that was good very but yeah very cool yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. Dude, wish me, wish me luck through the, the heat wave, and ho- hopefully that they don't shut our power off again. We hope all the homies in Stockton and Lodi and the Modesto and the whole area. We hope you guys all find out a way to stay cool and uh, yes, keep your power on. So, Dre, thank you very much for once again right. killing it, and we will talk a little bit later. All right, talk to you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now that we have finished our Rhino Gang Twitter questions, let's go ahead and dive right in. We got a couple of voice questions. From the homies of the Rhino Gang. I know our first one comes from my homie Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design from at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Check out his graphic design stuff, people. It is fucking amazing. And not only that, he's a wonderful fucking guy. And uh, oh, I shouldn't be swearing so much because Judah's on this one. So from here on, no swearing as I answer forward for Dave. So, Dave, what do you got for us this week, buddy? Hi, Rhino. Hey, what's going on, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz, not solo shoes on Instagram and Twitter. Um, looking past last night, fun night of fun night of fights. Um, some unfortunate stuff in there. I hate to to see any injuries. Uh, personally, in the O'Malley and Vera fight, I think the outcome would have been the same, uh, regardless of the injury. But that's just me. Um, I'm just curious. Uh, Looking towards Adesanya and uh, Costa, what you think is going to happen there? Um, it is such a, a bizarre physical mismatch, but uh, Adesanya's uh, precision is proven different. So anyway, yeah, just talk about that, man. Peace. Hey, Judah, how are you, my man? Hope you're having a good weekend, my buddy. Alrighty, Dave. Yes, an Izzy versus Costa question. So, as it's still several weeks away, I'm not going to do my actual pick for the winner right now, but I will say this because you're my friend and my homie, and I will always answer your questions as best I can. Um, yes, Paulo is much bigger, much stronger than Izzy. It's fact. Not just by looking at him, but just in the way that you see them punch, it's definitely he's bigger and stronger. Izzy is taller and longer. And if you include the kickboxing, you are talking about a way more experienced fighter, especially at high level, in Izzy, the last style bender, than you are over Paulo Costa, especially in pro fights, obviously. I really think that one of the major aspects that will help determine who wins this fight is between their ears. They've both been talking shit. They've both been trolling each other. They've both been trying to get under the other one's skin via social media. I think for some fighters, that's like almost make or break as far as your mentality going into the cage. I think both of them fall into that category. I think whoever steps in there with the mentality of I'm better, I'm going to win and really keeps that confidence and applies it to how they fight, 
they're going to be the one who wins. And I will talk more about that as it gets closer. Dave France, you are an invaluable member of the Rhino Gang. You are our graphic designer supreme. We love you. We're so glad you are fucking a part of this team. And yes, if you guys don't have it already, please check out at Solo Shoes or at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram to check his stuff out. The dude is a genius. All righty. I know our next one comes from the homie Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And what do you have today, Juicy Fruit? Rhino, my man. Shout out to all the Rhino gang listening right now. Got a quick question for you. I want to talk a little bit about Sean O'Malley versus Chito Huera fight. Now, there are probably going to be a fair amount of questions on this, so I uh, hope not to repeat uh, those and maybe come at it from a different angle. Um, so I um, I had to watch these fights early Sunday morning. Uh, I did not watch them live because uh, I was with a friend, and uh, he's not a fight fan. And I saw everyone on Twitter talking about the leg, how the leg led to the finish. Or basically thinking it was directly because of that. I watched the fight, and I'm going, okay, yeah, he hurt his leg. It's debatable whether or not it was due to you know damage from, from Cheeto's leg kicks. But Cheeto did what he had to do to, to get the finish. I don't think he should be penalized for that. What do you think? I think it was a solid win for, for Cheeto. Ran out of time there. I just wanted to quickly clarify. Um, it, it was potentially a bit of an early stoppage by Herb Dean. But as soon as you stopped the fight, or as soon as he stopped the fight, Sean was wincing in pain from that leg. There was no coming back from that. And the stoppage was due to Cheeto's strikes. And I just think people are a little too, I don't know, quick to say, you know, discredit Marlon Vera, quick to uh, come to Sean's defense. And uh, I don't know. And listen, I'm an O'Malley fan. I like the guy. I just like Cheeto a little more, obviously. But uh, I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with my stance on the on the stoppage. Although I do leave with my bias, you know that. But uh, get at me. Let me know. So I want to know if, if you think it was an early stoppage as well. That's that's my other takeaway. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Unfortunately, and I talk about it a little bit with um, in the Twitter questions. Unfortunately, an injury win is part of the combat sports. You know, that's part of what happens, dude. It, you know, it doesn't matter if it's caused directly by a technique from your opponent or if you slip on the mat or if you have a pre-existing injury and you tweak it doing something. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's still an injury that is preventing you from competing in that fight. Therefore, your opponent wins. I, I thought it was a little premature of a stoppage by Herb. Um, I think a lot of us are a little hypersensitive to his stoppage times as of late. Um, so as I watched it in real time, I thought it was premature. Uh, again, watching it back, I don't necessarily think so anymore. You know what I mean? I had kind of a knee jerk reaction. Like I think a lot of people did and watching it back. He was really hurt. Uh, Cheeto was only going to land several more crushing blows to his face from that position. I think her probably stopped it at a good time. We definitely don't want to see guys getting seriously injured, uh, further, so and I, I don't think he could have defended himself very well from his back. It wasn't going to be another Sukumtas, you know, scenario where Cheeto dove on him and then Sean pulled off a submission off one leg. Lightning wasn't wasn't going to strike twice last night with an experienced cagey guy like Cheeto Vera. So yeah, I, I think it was an okay stoppage. And uh, yeah, dude, just to reiterate, uh, uh, an, an unfortunate injury in the middle of a fight or in the beginning of a fight doesn't matter. 
Yeah, that's a legitimate win for Chito Vera. So that's why I stay on that one. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out the Fighting With Myself podcast with my homie Juice. He is awesome. The show is always fun and flows. There's always great questions. Uh, he, he usually sings, which I always enjoy. And like I said last week, if you love Hamilton he, he, and MMA, th- there is no better podcast than Fighting With Myself for you. So thank you very much, Juice, and we will talk to you soon, my brother. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have got ourselves quite the treat. You want to talk about a badass striker. You want to talk about the featherweight division of Bellator. You want to talk about a, a tough New Zealander slash Aussie. You are talking Janae Hollowpoint Harding. And I'm very thankful that she joined me earlier in the week for going 10 rounds with Rhino. So here we go. Let's dive right in. 10 rounds with Rhino with Janae Hollowpoint Harding. Ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino Gang, we have got ourselves quite a special treat for us today. Now, we all know that when it comes to the regions of Australia and New Zealand, there are some bad mother truckers from that region, and we have got ourselves one today. Joining me on Combat Sports with Rhino for 10 rounds of Rhino, we got Bellator featherweight Janae Hollowpoint Harding. How are you today, my friend? Good, thank you. How are you? Oh, we're doing great over here. I'm uh, I'm thankful to be inside the AC because I'm sure it's nothing like where you're at, but here in Michigan, being 90 is pretty fucking miserable. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's winter uh, here, so I'm looking at like miserable gray skies and nothing but rain for the last few days. So, <laughs> so would much rather than sun. Neither of us are uh, enjoying our current weather situation. <laughs> exactly. So I definitely want to thank you for joining me today. Janae, the, uh, the the question I love to start with when it's somebody um, I have on for the first time is I'd love to know the origin story. Like, how did Hollow Point come to be? Where did you start MMA and how did you get on that uh, path to, the, to, to MMA? Um, well, I did start in um, karate in the way of, like, martial arts and combat sports. I think just, like, mom and I were trying a whole lot of like different sports for me to try out and see what I was good at. And I enjoyed, I think, like the individual aspect of martial arts, but I didn't love karate as per se. I kind of felt that it was a little bit westernized and um, I could maybe find something a little bit more challenging. So um, it just so happened that she was working around the corner from an MMA gym at the time we got recommended um, to it. And then I, yeah, I went in when I was about 15 um, and met my then coach, Vincent Perry, and I just we just clicked pretty much straight away. And I was training for maybe like two years as a hobby, more of like a hobby part time while I was in high school. And then once I finished high school, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to I want to compete and I want to give it a shot. So so, yeah, kind of all unveiled slowly but surely over a course of like two, three years. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, uh, as you know, this is a combat sports show, not just an MMA show. And you are a perfect guest to have on because not only do you compete in mixed martial arts, but also in pro boxing. Did that was that a move that you kind of took on to just kind of help your hands and your stand up for your MMA career? Or do you genuinely like competing in both sports? Um, yeah, no, it was legit just kind of like a way to one, hone in on my hands and, and really isolate that kind of aspect of the sport. And then two, just to stay active. I mean, especially in Australia, um, there wasn't a lot of girls for me to fight. So it was sort of like, I don't want to have 12 months off or whatever. And to kind of break that up, I could take pro boxing fights in between to sort of keep me active, keep me motivated and keep me training. So um, it was a bit of both. But now I think especially 
um, once I had like a couple of fights, I was just like, I really enjoy the opportunities I was getting and, and just getting involved in pro boxing just as a different kind of perspective of things um, from MMA. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. There's been a slew of MMA fighters who have done that exact same thing. Chris Lytle comes to mind. I mean, the, even Nick mm-hmm. Diaz and Anderson Silva have had pro boxing matches. So I, I, yeah. I understand they're completely different. However, there are aspects that really help sharpen up uh, your hands and some footwork stuff. So, and Plus, staying active is something that we all need to do uh, in the fight game, especially if there's like a long lull. It's great to get a boxing match in there to kind of stem the tide, if you will. So, yeah, I'm totally, I totally co-sign on that. Um, Janae, have you been in contact with the execs or the brass at Bellator? Is, is Do we know, do we have any idea if that might be where you fight next or when it could possibly be? What can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, so I'm definitely, um, my next MMA fight would definitely be under the Bellator banner. Um, I have recently just re-signed, like, in, I, I guess in the start of the year. It feels like recently because I guess everything got put on hold, but um, I'm with them for another four fights, so... I'm hoping we're looking in the next few months. I, I don't have anything kind of valid or or clear to kind of put out there as of yet, but um, I'm my de- my name's definitely in the mix, and we're hoping to get there at least by the end of the year. But um, but within the next few months, we'll be hopeful. Uh, fingers crossed that that happens. Yeah, we all definitely look forward to that. We can't wait to see you get back in there. Uh, veering <laughs> off the fight game for a minute. Now, Christchurch, New Zealand, where it all began, okay? Mm-hmm. I've had guests, I've had guests, Janae, from Australia, uh, England, Canada, all over the map. You were my yeah. first native New Zealander to have no, on. Sorry. So I have to ask, what was that like? Because all I know of New Zealand are like, you know, Lord of the Rings and Lucy <laughs> Lawless, right? Like, I don't know enough about yeah. New Zealand. So what was that kind of like coming up? Um, it was cold for one. Um, oh man, New Zealand's <laughs> freezing, especially Christchurch, like the South Island. Um, I mean, it's funny, like I, it's a lot of people don't realize that I spent so long there. Like I was, I was raised there until I was ten, so it's sort of like, um, a majority of my life and my family and everything's still over there. So, um, but Christchurch is a, um, it's a funny place. Like it's, it's pretty obviously basically like the year after we moved over to Australia it got hit by the um the earthquakes and therefore just since then it's sort of been a bit of a like a stagnant kind of place so Mm. I think like making the move was the best thing that we could do um for the way of like opportunities and all that kind of thing and it's great to go back and visit but um but it's not something some place that I can kind of I guess see more like see me kind of living there again right pure fact that it's i guess harder to travel and harder to kind of yet do much out of out of that small place um auckland not so much like auckland there's more opportunities there but but i much prefer kind of being in australia and and especially sydney at the moment excellent and we'll uh we'll revisit uh the the new zealand australia uh aspect here in a minute but getting back onto the fight career so you've been matched extremely tough over your time. And people got to remember, you're only 25 years old, but uh, you've, you've had some extremely tough matchups, like including Jessica Rose Clark, Ramona Pascal, Sinead Cavanaugh, even with the distance with Megan Anderson back in mm-hmm. the Emmys, all before you're even 25, dude. So yeah. like, I, I didn't even turn pro until I was like 28. So you've done all this by 25, which is amazing. Uh, I believe that that learning curve could only be beneficial. Do you kind of see it that way? Like getting these experiences are really going to help you uh, as your career progresses? 
Yeah, I think I think at the time, like, because um, a few of my losses come to quite experienced people, and I took them up, took up the fights when I was less experienced. A lot of the time, I kind of, I guess, I looked at it with a bad perspective, thinking that it was a bad choice, kind of taking those fights. But at the same right. time, like now and where I'm at with Bellator, it's sort of like, man, I'm I'm super grateful to have had those battles, have tested myself, and have kind of like rose to the occasion to give myself the confidence of where I'm at now, like being on the international stage, it's much harder than I guess being in Australia and being on the local scene. And it's sort of like, um, you never really know if you're at that level yet. And I guess taking those fights on really gave me that confidence that I was at that level. And I, and I could kind of kick it with, with people overseas in the international scene. So, um, as much as, it is a few notches on my belt um, in a negative sense. It, it sort of, it definitely built me to who I am now. And it gave me the maturity and the fight IQ that I have now, which is, I think, more beneficial than um, than skills sometimes. Being a, a good problem solver in the cage is kind of like probably my priority at the moment. And, and I guess those fights gave me that opportunity. Yeah, anybody who's watched you fight clearly can see when you're in there, your ability to adapt and to be impromptu in certain situations is is far beyond your your experience level as far as how many fights you've had. Uh, I mean, the 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 wherewithal to do a step in elbow to Sinead Kavanaugh off of a <laughs> slip is something that you really only normally see from a really seasoned older fighter than you. So yeah, you're definitely your fight IQ is not called into question. I assure you of that. Uh, for sure. So uh Janae, are you familiar with the term stan or to stand someone or something? Do you know this term? Um not I'm I i do not think so, no. Okay. So sure. So to stand or to be a stan is like a super fan. So there was mm-hmm. an Eminem there was an Eminem song a while back, you know, called Stan, uh, where yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about a super fan, right? So if you, like, love something and you're, like, really passionate about it or, like, uh, something or someone, you're a stan for that or that thing, right? So me, 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 myself, I'm a stan for watching the haka be performed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen some that have gotten me so fired up. Uh, I was bouncing off the walls. I've seen some that were so beautiful that, like, it brought me to tears. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I just – and I've only – I saw them in, you know, before rugby matches and stuff like highlights and whatnot, but I didn't fully really get into it until the last couple of years. And uh, I just want to know your kind of your take on the haka. Can I assume that you've seen them done in person? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the best ones, I think it's still on the internet somewhere, is um, the it wasn't Mark Hunt himself, but it was he was there and they were it was like a crew doing it to Mark Hunt. Um, like wishing him well for one of his fights. I can't remember what one it was, but it was a, an overseas fight anyway. And um, one of the old gyms I used to teach at, I used to do like a woman's class at, um, they have quite a lot of Polynesians and Maori men that kind of go there. So therefore, yeah, they did a, a really, really cool um, haka. And, um, oh, they did one with Jason Momoa as well. And that was wow. really cool. came to the Gokos, I think, for Aquaman. And they did one with Jason Momoa. And it was like, it was one of those videos that, yeah, you get goosebumps and you get a little bit emotional and you're like, I, I guess for me especially, it makes me super proud of where I come from and, and my culture. Um, but it but it was like, yeah, one of those things that you can kind of resonate with, especially considering um, females can't, <clears throat> in our culture, women to do a more feminine version if we do do the haka. So it's like a lot less, I guess, aggressive and that kind of thing, um, more waving around rather than slapping 
if that makes sense. But yeah, absolutely. So it's just cool to like watch it in that kind of way because it's something that you can kind of be a part of more spiritually, spiritually rather than physically. So it's sort of yeah, it's really really cool. Oh, dude, I, I, I'm telling you, and you know, and I've talked about it on my show, and I've talked about it uh, on my Twitter. It's just it's something that I can't explain and do it justice with words how powerful it is and it you know there are different ones for different reasons uh, yeah they're they are all so incredible and uh and again the, the the one that i was referring to that made me cry like a baby was at a uh, it was at a wedding and uh, a few people at a yeah. wedding and you know the, and all the i think like the groom and the bride's families did a an amazing haka and I, oh my god i was I didn't want to talk about it. I was blubbering is what I was doing today. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's embarrassing, a 40-year-old former pro fighter crying like that, but I certainly did. <laughs> Go for it. Yes, Go man. So uh, living and training in Australia, they are huge, especially right now. I mean, all due respect to Anthony Paroche and, of course, uh, uh, someone you know well, Elvis the King of Rock and Rumble and John Wayne Parr and all the pioneers. Uh, but right now, that that region of the world, that part of the world is bringing out so much talent. You're talking about Izzy, you're talking about Volkanovsky, you're talking about so many different people from your area. So what do you think has been the biggest change or difference, let's say, like even in the last 10 years that you've been participating? Why has Australia uh, and New Zealand, why have they become such powerhouses in the world of MMA, do you think? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I mean, it was like, because it's, as much as we have these current um, guys in the UFC getting the big opportunities or getting signed to the to the big promotions, it's um when you look back, like you're saying, at like the Anthony Parashas and the Elvis Nisix and the George Sotoropoulos and then even like in between that, like Dylan Andrews and Ben Alloway and, and like a couple of the other guys, um, I guess even like Ben Wall and and those kind of people, it's we kind of have consistently had people signed to the promotion or like to the big promotions in a sense, but none that were really kind of like standing out and I guess um, like winning titles. Like, I mean, Alex Volkanovsky, Rob Whitaker, Izzy, like all of those people um, were not just like there to participate, I guess. They, were, they really dominated in their divisions. And I think maybe since then it kind of motivated a few more people to sort of get involved in the sport and really – or if you're already involved in the sport, take it a little bit more seriously and kind of push towards a bigger goal um, because it is attainable. And even if we are from Australia or New Zealand um, and we're on the other side of the world, that we can still make it um, in the big show. So I think maybe like maybe the success of others has sort of motivate, motivated the local scene um, to sort of push themselves a little bit further. And now that there is eyes on, on Australia and New Zealand a little bit more, it gives us the better opportunities and kind of, I think, in turn, um, really promotes good talent. And I hope, I hope that it kind of continues. Yeah, I don't see any way. With the amount of gyms that are popping up, with the amount of attention that is being drawn to, I don't think there's any way it slows down. I think if anything else, it's just going to speed up. Um, you know, yeah. for, for a really long time, it was it was Brazil and North America, maybe Japan and, you know, kind of in third place as far as the, the most – the place where the most fighters came from at a high level, but now you absolutely have to put uh, Australia, New Zealand up there on the map, especially on the latest landscape of MMA for sure. So when you are working out today or when you're just chilling at the house, tell us some of the musical uh, like albums or artists or whatever you're like, what's what's Janae got on her Dre beats as she's rocking out. What are some of the things you're into music wise? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm full of them. I'm full of good questions today. <laughs> I'm real good at this. <laughs> at the moment, what's trending? Um, we've got a lot of Masego. I don't know if you've heard that, but as not. much as it's sort of like, I don't know how you would explain it, but like I guess R&B slash soul, but it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, but I still like, I like working out to more relaxed stuff. I'm not one of those okay. people who needs to be like kind of hyped up to work out. I just want like good tunes and good vibes. And um, a lot of, uh, my partner keeps playing a lot of Matoma um, remixes of like uh, the Biggie Smalls. Like there's a song called Old Thing Back by um, and it's remixed by Matoma. I think it's got, um, uh, it's like Buster Rhymes or someone in there. And then, yeah, it's just like a remix of one of the old Biggie Small songs. And that's always like a really good vibe at the moment. That's probably my favorite. Wow. Yeah, you just taught me something. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that genre yeah. of music at all. I'm definitely going to check it out. <laughs> yes, you, are, you are talking to the proverbial, I've got to have the hardest metal going on uh-huh. for me to do uh-huh. anything I'm one of those guys. <laughs> Everyone has one of those guys in their group. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I'm, I'm, that, I'm that dude. Um, so basically my listeners would be upset, disappointed, and I would catch a whole lot of heat, Janae, if I did not ask you my obligatory one time per 10 rounds food question. Okay. Sure. So the fight is over. The weight cut is over. All of the stress has left you. You are you are free to indulge in mm-hmm. one of your favorite things to eat in the whole world. Where are you going? What are you getting? What's that meal? Oh, so it legitimately changes every single camp, like every single camp, whatever. I don't know. Like I'll be craving something during the whole camp and it always changes. I think, oh, my fight against Marina after that, we got, we went upstairs and we got room service and we got like fried chicken and pizza. And that was probably oh. one of the best, like mainly because <laughs> it was in room service, you know, I didn't have to leave. Sure. It was just like a kind of celebratory little like personal dinner and it was really good that was probably a good meal fried chicken and pizza sounds like a pretty Both great meal together. to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent dude um so the 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 funny thing is is that the 10th round so we've actually careened our way into the 10th round the 10th round with rhino is always the wild card it's always off the wall it's it's weird it could be anything so you got to like take your take your mind and kind of Open it up, right? You got to be mm-hmm. able to go over for anything. Okay, so in a dream matchup, Hollow Point, mm-hmm. you can pick from any fighter throughout the history of combat sports to fight. Could be a man, could be a woman, uh, it could be boxing, it could be kickboxing, it could be Muay Thai, it could be MMA. Anybody in the history, and then you guys will weigh the same. So it doesn't matter what they weigh in real life. Just in this exercise, you are fighting them evil, even weight, equal everything, strength, everything else. Mm-hmm. Who are you fighting, and where does it take place? That's an easy one. I would I would love to fight in Sydney. I would love to fight in Australia, but, but mainly Sydney just because it's easy for everyone to get to. And I would like to fight Gina Carano, probably in her prime, a little bit younger. And, um, and yeah, I, I guess we would probably be at the same weight anyway, or we could probably figure out the weight anyway. But for me, that would be a dream fight. She's someone that kind of pushed me to – to really get into MMA properly and um, and she was someone that I looked up to at the time and therefore yeah I, I really enjoy her aggressive style and and I think that would make for a good fight so for me that would be my dream fight oh that's a great answer so we got Gina Carano and the in what, what what where would it be where would it be in Sydney like what's the what's the biggest place what's the biggest stadium in Sydney oh 
I don't know. Actually, maybe maybe it would be in Melbourne then at the Marvel Stadium because that was wow, okay. sold out for the Ronda Rousey and yeah. it was sold out for um, the Rob Whitaker and Israel fight and that kind of thing. So that that's always like a really good venue, actually. So oh, yeah. It's not really here nor there. It's another hour away, so. Right. No, that that sounds great. Uh, and, and I know, I know that, uh, yeah, that would be a fight. Dude. So yeah, if, and if I was there, I would be eating a tiger pie in my hand while watching, cheering for my homie hollow boy. And that would be an awesome one. So Janae, I know it always seems to go by so fast. Yeah. We have careened our way to the end. We have gotten mm. through all 10 rounds of Rhino. You killed it as always. Thank so you. I just want to let you know that we so appreciate you coming on today. Um, I know my fans who I listen are going to be stoked to hear your answers, get to know you better, check out some of your old fights. I highly mm-hmm. recommend the Janae, um, the Janae, your Janae. I highly recommend <laughs> the Janae Kavanaugh fight. It's on YouTube. Everybody check that out. Watch how gnarly the elbow is that she lands. It's sick. It's amazing. We all look forward to seeing you and uh, having you on again, hopefully, after your uh, next fight. We can catch up with you and see how things have been, if that's okay with you. That sounds great. I'd love to do that. Uh, excellent, today. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and we will definitely talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is Janae Hollowpoint Harding, and I just went 10 rounds with a rhino. How cool was that, man? You know, I love getting to know fighters that I really didn't have a ton of. I mean, I know I'd watched her against um, – against Kavanaugh in Bellator. I know I'd seen that fight, but I'm not sure if I'd seen her compete previously. So in doing my research and getting to know her and and developing the questions, she is going to be a fucking player down the road. I'm telling you at 145, dude, she is a tough, tough son of a gun. And you could tell from the interview, what a nice person, what a forthcoming person. Love the interview. Big fan of Janae Holloway Harding moving forward. So thank you very much, Janae. So I got to give shout outs to everyone in the Rhino game that participated in today's Episode 36, we got Jessica times two, which I appreciate that. Mr. B, Raids and Sweet Potato, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, and at Solo Shoes. My homie Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. Shout outs to Trouble, G, Mike, Kairos from the WoCast, Chelsea Delilah from TKO, my homie Ryan, the Mixed Man, Cat, Pokemama, Pixie, my dude Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio, the homies at the MCCI. You all know who you are. Drea, of course, for being my feature player. D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. And unfortunately, I did have a I did have a decent fuck up earlier. So he is gonna have to do some editing this week, which I apologize for. Of course, Dave Frantz, man, what a poster you put out for Janae. Dude, all your help. You're such a great friend. And man, we love you here. So thank you, Dave Fretz. Um, I'm gonna tease next week's guest just a little bit. So I will say this much. He is uh, he is a champion of wrestling. He is a, I'm going to say he's between 125 and 185 pounder. And he is a very, very good chance of holding gold within the next calendar year in his division. I'm not going to say which promotion. I'm not going to say anything else. That's just the teaser for next week. So. Thank you all so very much for joining us today. That was episode 36 of Combat Sports with Rhino. We love and appreciate all you guys. Let's be nice to each other. Let's treat each other with kindness. It's a fucked up situation we're all living in right now, but let's make the best of it. Be cool to each other. Be nice online. Love all you guys, and we will see you next week. Cage side!